Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Good morning, Beth. Good morning. Today has been crazy fun. Crazy fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm changing my mindset because it was a busy morning. Oh, and, it was? Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're like, the bus comes at 740 and it comes at 745 and it completely kind of like, I don't know, that five minutes. Did you ever see that movie called Sliding Doors? I think with like Gwyneth Paltrow, where she's like, if she had made the train, her life would have been completely different. Oh, I feel like that some mornings where I'm like, man, this five minutes could completely change the course of my day. No, I no? might have to check out that movie, though. Oh, it's, See, my husband's out of town this week and uh-huh. it's good and it's bad. Yeah, because I let him do his processes when he's home because he mm-hmm. has a way he likes to do it. And I don't care enough to challenge that. Uh-huh. But when he's gone, like I can do things the way I feel like are optimal. <laughs> sure. So but then the bad side is, is that I'm down one man. Right. Yep. So like. <laughs> You're single parenting. Yeah. And so I'm already utilizing the before care and after care at school, which Uh we have to pay for because normally he'd be getting a call saying, hey, this meeting. The budget man's going to come back and be happy about that. I know he is. He's going to be slapping my hand. He already told me that. He's like, you know, we're paying for this, right? I said, I can't help it. I'm so busy. Yeah. I'm so important. (laughs) So important. Okay. So so today we're talking about mobility, basically. Yeah. Kind of. Do you have any problems with mobility after like after Uh, surgeries and everything? I I really don't feel like I do all in all. I think that the only time I notice it is on my left side, my surgery side. Uh-huh. It's just weaker. Yeah. Well, you um, were saying the other day you can't like, well, I'm yeah, going to say so, externally rotate, but that's the athletic trainer in me. But like when you're laying flat, you can't football post your arms and uh, make it yeah. touch the ground. So, yes. And so uh, like when I do yoga and stuff like that, if I'm laying on a mat and I, yeah, if I, that's a perfect way to say it. Football, football post. post. Yeah. yeah. And I put Touchdown. my, yeah, I put my arms up. The right one can touch the mat. The left one kind of hovers above it. Yeah. Like I have pretty yeah. good mobility. Like I can put my arm behind my head and stuff like that. And that's the side that has lymphedema. So. I feel fortunate that I have decent mobility, but that side is definitely a problem. You know, even this is, you know, this is the athletic trainer trainer side of me is um, even before cancer, there are lots of people who have a dominant side who can't one mm-hmm. or the other can't do that just because of the way that you, you know, you do a lot of forward facing stuff with your dominant arm, like writing right. and everything. And your other arm is the one more likely to get to. Right. You know, experience the mobility because it's not quite as tight. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I but, I, but I've been to a lot of physical therapy for my lymphedema. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that side definitely. I mean, but I, I'm very intentional about trying to keep it mobile. Yeah. So like that's where the yoga really comes in handy. I talked to a plastic. What else? What else do you do? Because I know you do some other things. I mean, you got me to foam roll, which yes. I had never done before. Yeah. Have you ever tried like a lacrosse ball? Uh no, but I've seen them and I've I I actually didn't know how to use them. Like I don't know what they do. No, oh, you just 
press your body into a wall with a lacrosse ball between it. Oh, okay. And roll around. Roll around. Yeah, it's not... <laughs> That's Just don't good... do it over anything like a bone or anything that hurts. That sounds real bad. That sounds interesting. <laughs> Might have to do like a Insta reel or something I... that shows. Oh, that. that's a good idea. I when I so my chiropractor tells me tells me that my my dorsiflexion, which meaning like my the flexing my foot back up towards my shin mm-hmm. is really tight, which mm-hmm. just means down the back of my leg and my my heel, my Achilles heel mm-hmm. is tight. Mm-hmm. And so when I brush my teeth every time, like I brush the bottoms and I roll my right foot and I brush the tops and I roll my left foot God, with my lacrosse so ball. so freaking methodical. <laughs> it, I can't take credit for that. It was actually her idea. She was like, if you have to just match it with another thing that you're already doing and just keep the tennis ball or the... Not the tennis ball. The tennis ball. You can use the tennis ball. They're not quite as hard, but keep the lacrosse ball in your bathroom. So I think people are like, "What are they talking?" about I know about we're right crazy. Now? We're crazy. Stick with us. We got all kinds of tips. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah will have you like up against the wall with a lacrosse ball, <laughs> rolling, rolling around. around, looking all cray cray. Your kids are gonna be like, "Ma, what what's going on?" So today. We are actually going to be talking to Christy Blaze. She's a good friend. She's actually my husband's masseuse. I'm I'm adding him. I hope that's not like a HIPAA thing, but I mean, I don't think so. But he loves her. We have been going to her for massage therapy for years and, and have been able to watch her practice grow. It's really cool. But she is really passionate about myofascial release, which is basically what we're talking about, like all those little tight areas. Right. And Christy will kind of explain what that is. But, you know, we're all getting older, you know. It's beneficial for everybody, not just cancer survivors. So if you're listening to this and you don't move like you once did or you're in menopause and you're on an AI or tamoxifen, Mm -hmm. that can really cause joint pain and all kinds of things. And so we wanted to just talk about an option because, like, I I don't you probably knew about it way longer than I did. But myofascial release was new to me. Yeah. I had no clue. But once I figured found out what it was, it made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, think yeah. We'll, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the chicken skin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So we're going to talk to Christy about what myofascial release is exactly. And we'll talk about the importance of myofascial release after a breast cancer reconstruction or, or any kind of chest surgery or any surgery actually in general. Yeah. And lastly, we'll probably touch on how sometimes the issues in our tissues comes from our traumas, like emotional traumas. So. Oh boy, getting deep. There we go. Before we introduce Christy, let's go to our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. All right, we are back. So today we are going to be talking to one of my friends and someone close to our family. Her name is Christy Blaze about myofascial release. So Christy Blaze is a with Christy Blaze Massage Therapy. She has been in practice for 10 years this year. She specializes in the John F. Barnes myofascial release, pediatric myofascial release, deep tissue, and Dr. Ben Benjamin's advanced deep tissue. So she started massage therapy because she was interested in the human body and anatomy and physiology. And she is. And you know that when you are getting a massage. She loved science. And Christy wanted to use that knowledge to help people. 
So when she started to go to school, she just studied Swedish massage. Then she started to see the benefits of deep tissue. And then from there, seeing almost the immediate benefits of myofascial release. So she became passionate about helping people with the whole body and mind experience through massage. Welcome, Christy. It's so great to have you here. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So for newbies like myself and others listening, can you explain what myofascial release is? Yes, it is a specific modality. It's very specialized. You wouldn't use any oil or lotion. The practitioner wouldn't use any oil or lotion. It can be as light as it wants to be or as deep as it needs to be. Obviously, you do pediatric. I do pediatric myofascial release, so you wouldn't want to go deep. And then if somebody is going through chemotherapy, you don't want to go deep at all. You want to do light work. What is the fascia? Because I think that's what's going to hold people up first. Is like I, That's exactly yeah. right. The fascia is a connective tissue that goes all around your body. It wraps around your nerves. It wraps around your blood vessel. It wraps around your muscles, your bones. Every structure that you have in your body, your cells, it wraps around. They have studied the fascia and it shows that fascia is as sensitive as your skin. There's three types of fascia but it's all one connective tissue. So if I work on, let's say if I work on your head, it's still going to affect your feet. The three types of fascia is your visceral fascia, which wraps around your organs, your deep fascia, which wraps around the muscles and bones, and then your superficial fascia, which is right underneath the skin. It's basically what holds us together and keeps us structured and keeps us stable. Yeah. So I heard, you know, for anybody who is like more of a tactile or they need to see it. If you've ever like pulled the skin off of a chicken, like that mm-hmm. kind of like clear stuff that's underneath the skin of the chicken that you kind of had to pull off or it's still stuck to the muscle, that is what fascia is. That's exactly right. You like whenever you said you pull the chicken skin apart and you see that iridescent like clear stuff, that's exactly what it is. And if you feel it, it's kind of stretchy, it's movable. And that our fascia is exactly the same way. It's mostly made of collagen, but it also can be a fluid, but it also can be more like gel-like. So it it could go between. Is that hereditary state. that determines that or is it dysfunction? Like, is it de- is it determined by kind of your own body and your own experiences and, and different things that you've done to it? Or is that more like genetic in terms of what your fascia looks like? No, everybody's fascia looks like that. Yeah. Then that's a good thing. They call it the ground substance. So that's what helps us. So like our IT bands are going to be a little more gel-like than what's kind of wrapped around our organs so that we can move a little better. And our IT bands are a little more structured so we can be erect and stand upright. The IT bands are the ones that go from your knee to your hip. And you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to foam roll my IT bands. But that's what that is. So talk to us about when like the lay individual, somebody who hasn't been through breast cancer or any kind of like traumatic surgery, where can your connective tissue or this fascia kind of go awry or cause you some issues? It can go everywhere. So let's say if you did have breast cancer Any sort of inflammation could cause scar tissue, but let's say if you had to have surgery, that's even more traumatic and that's even more scar tissue. So let's say if the scar tissue is in your left breast and then you had to have a mastectomy, 
that spider webs out through your entire body. So what affects your left breast can affect your right hip. It can affect your left knee. It, it starts to go out throughout your whole body. So how and why does that happen? Because <laughs> it feels like well, you get kind of you get kind of screwed. You get this breast cancer diagnosis or any kind of diagnosis where you need to have some kind of surgery. And then like, how do you stay on top of it? Like, I know a lot well, a I lot ask- of times there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'd never got a physical therapy script after I went and saw my doctor. And I'm like, I don't understand why, because your body needs so much attention at this point. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I feel like we as a medical community are getting better about recommending physical therapy and myofascial release and massage after some sort of surgery. But we've still got a long way to go, especially here in Missouri, for whatever reason. And the reason why that happens, nobody really knows why that happens since it is all a big connective tissue. It's like if you scrunch up saran wrap, it's going to affect the other part of the saran wrap. If you've ever uh. worked with silly saran wrap before, <laughs> it, it, that's exactly how it does. And imagine our fascia just get, kind of being like a big straight jacket. Mm-hmm. So if you tighten one end, it's going to tighten another end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I, I think this is interesting for lots of reasons because we're looking at it from the context of our breast cancer diagnosis. But I'm thinking about the fact that I've had three children, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm now in my 40s. And I'm just thinking that this has to apply to people in general that you this is this sounds like it's connective tissue that covers every important cell and organ in your body. Mm -hmm. And yet, to your point, we've kind of been largely neglecting it. And then it might take a trauma like a breast cancer diagnosis for us to start questioning, you know, Mm -hmm. because we have tightness or because we're having issues with our reconstruction. I just think the, the whole concept is really interesting that this covers our entire body and yet we are not paying a ton of attention to it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't get a lot of attention in, you know, in anything really. Right. Yeah. And and what are what are the ramifications if your fascia is in bad shape? Like what what does that look like for somebody that has really dysfunctional fascia? Let's let's go from the perspective of somebody who's had chemotherapy or mastectomy. Sometimes they will have and let's go for the left breast again. Sometimes they will be hunched forward tightness in their pec, their shoulder area, or sometimes they will have severe like neck and pain, neck and shoulder pain. They will have tightness, pain so bad that they can't go to sleep. You know, I had this woman once and I was talking to her. She was in one of our programs at Faith Through Fire. And we were talking about something completely unrelated. And she made a comment that made me kind of stop and say, wait a minute, what? Because she made a comment that she can't lift her. She couldn't lift her arm Mm -hmm. past like her. Like she couldn't lift her arm like all the way up above her head. And I was like, what do you mean you can't? She's like, yeah, ever since my mastectomy, I can't lift my arm anymore. And I'm like, that's not normal. Like, you need to, like, did you go to physical therapy? Have you seen somebody? And she's like, no. And I mean, she was living this way. She was talking Mm -hmm. about how inconvenient it is for her that she can't raise her arm. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is this happening? Are there women out there that aren't raising their arms and and thinking that that's a normal result after a mastectomy? I mean, can you speak to that? That's not normal, correct? Correct. That is not normal. But unfortunately, (laughs) I do have a lot of people that come into my practice that women that come into my practice that do have that problem. I Here's a question. This is 
self-serving for myself because I have lymphedema Mm -hmm. of my left arm and I got it two years after I completed treatment. I didn't have any issues with it until I got bitten by a spider and then it set off a pretty severe reaction. And I've been to a lot of physical therapy for it. And they spend a lot of time wrapping, not a lot of time massaging. And I I always wish that they would spend more time on massage because, quite frankly, that's what feels so amazing and so, (laughs) so great. But how does how does myofascial release relate to lymphedema? Is there a connection? Is there any kind of benefit? Yes, yes, they say there is because of, remember that fascia wraps around your entire body. It's even wrapped around your lymph system, your lymph nodes. So yes, it really can help with that. Let's say if it's on one side, we might want to work on like the back since it's underneath your arm, Mm -hmm. which sounds silly, but like I said, any place that you work on will affect that area. Because sometimes if you, if you work on an area with myofascial release, not that it makes the symptoms worse by any means, because if it does make it better, and that's the reason why I do it is for the immediate relief. But sometimes you can just feel really run down. Like you don't want to go do a tournament, like a sports tournament after getting myofascial release that day. (laughs) I have actually noticed that we were talking earlier about like foam rolling and stuff. I've noticed that when I foam roll, like I will feel sometimes it feels amazing, but sometimes I'll feel really run down or I'll feel Mm -hmm. like the muscle itself will almost feel like it's it's a strange sensation Mm -hmm. if I work it out really well. I don't know if that's related. But it is. It is. And like whenever we do have trauma to an area, that's physical trauma, but there's also emotional trauma, like stress trauma and mental trauma that gets stored inside of our fascia. And sometimes that could be like the release that you're having. I want to talk to you about mental trauma. But before we do that, can we take a pause for Boops in the News? Yeah, let's do Boops Uh in the News and then we'll come back. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News is brought to you by Pink Perfect, pink-perfect.com. Pink Perfect provides silicone prosthetic nipples for women who have undergone mastectomy and breast reconstruction with nipple removal. Visit pink-perfect.com and use promo code FAITHTHROUGHFIRE to receive $25 off your purchase. Boobs in the News, Boobs in the News, Boobs in the News. All right, you ready? Lay it on me. These are tweets. Okay. And this is people were asked to tweet things they believed about life at the age of 18. So <laughs> let me just ask you, Sarah, were you? Oh, my gosh. What do you think your thought processes were like when you were 18? Um, boys are dumb. It's fun to get drunk. No. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't put that in there. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but you but for, put it for, in real, there. for real, boys are dumb. I can do anything I want to do. And it's fun to drive cars fast. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, at 18, I was in the very same vein. I was, boys are fun. Mm-hmm. Drinking's fun. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that just shows you how intelligent that's Beth how is. Deep Beth that's, is. How, that's how deep I Beth I mean, but you're, you're very different now, so. <laughs> yeah. I think all the opposite things. Well, I don't think boys are dumb. It's still fun to drive fast, but I drive very slow. Oh my gosh, you are the slowest driver in the world. <laughs> I'm not. Yes, I just, you are. I just choose to pick the times when I drive really fast. Oh my gosh, you guys, she drives so slow. <laughs> I follow the rules, okay? She does follow the rules. It's not her, it's me. <laughs> this person's at Big Mocker says, okay, this is what they thought at 18. Finally, I'm free and I can do what I want. And then she put a little asterisk. She goes, that was my thoughts from my bedroom at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> 
Finally, I'm free. <laughs> nice. So wait, this is older people like writing back about, oh, what, yeah, oh, like, looking back on their tweets he, from 18. No, not their tweets. They're not looking back at what they tweeted at 18. It's just like, what were you thinking at 18? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So uh, <laughs> this person hilarious. said, uh, it's a good idea to get a stomach tattoo. <laughs> yeah. If you're having babies, that ain't a good idea. No, never. Or oh. back or side. or Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. anywhere generally that stretches for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> that I could be a lawyer after watching tons of Law and, law and Order one oh, summer. Lord. That's like thinking you're an investigator after watching SVU. Objection! Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could have been a good lawyer. It can't get worse. Oh. oh. Why don't parents just wipe their kids' noses? How hard can it be? Oh, my gosh. Have a kid. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, only if you want to just do it constantly. So, like, right. <laughs> I just let my kids have those little... Like, my kids don't have that runny noses very often. That's, my kids I'm don't thankful have, for that. Yeah, my kids don't have runny noses. Maybe that's why we don't. You know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> having this word processor will make doing term papers so easy in college. I can see a couple of lines before printing them. Yay. Okay, how old is that man? <laughs> Must be. Jeez. Do you remember though, like in college, where you had to go to the library to do research papers? Yes. Like uh, you- that was not in my college. That was in high school. By college, I could Google anything. Oh, my God. I forget how much. Like, you're not that much. How no. old are you? I'm. We're five years apart. Okay. That's that's significant. It's significant. It's like my five minutes this morning. Like, right, right. It's significant in years based on our time period. You know what? Like, a lot changes really fast now. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. So, I was in college, and I would have to traipse across the campus and then go use all their freaking old books or that stupid computer where, you know, you, it was a green screen mm-hmm. and try to find the book in the library that would give me enough information to freaking do a 10 page term paper. Oh, oh my geez. gosh, it was awful. Awful. That is, I you know how anti-technology I am, but yeah, thank you for that, Google. Yeah, that is that is a blessing. All right. Um, let's see. Is there anything else that's worth it? Um, <laughs> sunscreen is for old folks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I was a I was a, a tanning bunny. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, now. I, yeah, I was just gonna say you and I could not be any fairer. Yeah, and now I'm just like, oh man, man. all those that mistakes. was a bad decision. Mistakes. This lady says I look good in white lipstick. That she what she's showing her age too because that's was way- that a fad? I don't know. It should have never been a fad. I remember when like dark lipsticks was in. I mean, it's still kind of in if you're gothish. Yeah, I, I like wore black. some dark lipsticks my day in high school. I yeah. wasn't, I was never goth, but uh, this lady said that LSD was a vitamin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> this one says I could eat whatever I want and never gain weight. Yeah, uh, there was that time. There was, yeah. It was nice. I just got into this whole conversation with somebody at Beauty Brands. He was helping me match my foundation. Uh-huh. And we, like the entire store, I guess it was a slow day there. We all started talking about how we thought that, you know, we could have kids and just be exactly, mm-hmm. our bodies would be exactly the way they were before. And we could eat pizza and beer all through college and everything. It was went. like, it was lovely, ignorant bliss. It was. And it was true for a brief moment in time. Yeah. It was. All right. There you go. There's your boobs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. Bibs in the news. So we're back. All right. You guys are going to have to educate me a little bit about the body mind connection here because <laughs> you've made kind of a comment like that, that emotional trauma can translate to the body. And I'm not 100% skeptical of this because I told Sarah the other day that anytime I'm under a lot of stress, it manifests itself in my body. Mm-hmm. I get sick. 
I, you know, like I have an ailment of some sort mm-hmm. that pops up and it's usually related to the amount of stress that I'm under. So I always when I when I think about this is I think about animals, because if you think about like what a lot of animals do, and I can't remember the exact one, is it like a raccoon where it gets like it's frozen in fear? Yeah, that is like your body's reaction to stress. Mm -hmm. And when an animal, if you like a fading goat. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) If you watch an animal after they, you know, when they're trying to process stress out, they shake. Mm. And and I don't know, like you can speak to that probably, Christy. I mean, like like, that is their body processing their stress out so that they don't hold it in those tissues, because if you freeze in fear and then you never like let your body like work that out. You you make a good point, because like think about it. If you got held up at gunpoint. After they, le- you know, after they, le- you'd you'd collapse and your body would shake and yeah. you'd be like processing that. Yeah. So, so I'm, I I I feel you, but I also think that there's going to be <laughs> so many people that are like, what what? Yeah. Like, so Christy, Christy, so, tell us about that. Yeah. Explain explain the trauma tissue connection. Yes. So they are still doing a lot of work with trying to figure it out because, like you said, it just feels like there's a disconnect there, but there's really not. So whenever you get stressed, the first thing, even if it's like a minor stress, the first thing you do is your shoulders go up, you go through that fight or flight process. And nowadays we don't really release or process those emotions. And we do hold them in our body. We store them. And since the fascia is wrapped around every single structure of our body, let's say our shoulders go up whenever we're stressed that's going to cause myofascial adhesions. That's going to cause those adhesions to form and stay there. And really the only way to release those is through myofascial release. Foam rolling helps a little bit, but it doesn't get like what the hands can do. Mm -hmm. There's actually a process with myofascial release. Whenever you're giving myofascial release, some people will go through something called unwinding and it sounds crazy, but I've seen it happen. So like sometimes you're moving, Let's say if you're having problems in your right arm, your arm will move in a way that it had gone through the trauma. Mm-hmm. And some, whenever we're going through an emotional trauma, sometimes that can happen. So there's been people who've cried or, you know, like started screaming or, you know, not violently screaming or anything mm-hmm. like that. We're kind it's of like kind reliving of a peaceful it. Peaceful crisis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but they don't, they don't remember it. They don't, they don't under, they don't feel it. They're just like, oh, I'm crying and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But that's just your body's way of releasing. So you're not reliving the process whatsoever. We, mm-hmm. we kind of saw this. We have a annual wellness retreat for survivors every year. And after a yoga session, we all kind of sat around and talked emotionally about our journey. And we had a lot of people kind of get emotional. It was specifically after a sound bowl session, which it was. I, I think can be really. Yeah, it was yeah. like we did yoga and the, or yeah, it was the sound bowls. And then it was it was interesting because it was almost like this physical reaction, this emotional release that came mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. And you could see, you know, people processing what they had been through and the, the mind body connection. So I that's that's really interesting to me. I will say that we're constantly telling women when they get diagnosed that they have to feel the feels like you cannot mm-hmm. you cannot suppress your you know your grief and you have to acknowledge it and it's really for people like myself who are very private and who like, pride themselves on being very resilient that can feel super uncomfortable and it was for me but I do think that if you don't do that you're putting yourself at a distinct disadvantage both physically and mentally so mm-hmm. yeah I think yeah. I think that that's really really critical yeah 
I agree. So talk us through, like, if someone gets diagnosed and then they've got to go through the gamut of treatment, chemotherapy, surgeries, multiple surgeries, how would you recommend they go about making sure that they're that spider web that you talk about doesn't happen and affect them in other areas. Yeah, what's the process here? When when should they get somebody like yourself on board? So, it really depends on your oncologist. Hopefully, you know, you get an oncologist that you trust and that you love and that you're able to like go to and be like, "Hey, I heard that physical therapy or myoflash release can help with this." They just recommend that you don't if you have going through chemo chemotherapy or radiation, don't get any sort of deep work because if you can bruise easier mm-hmm. and it wears you out, as you know, the skin can be a little more thinner mm-hmm. and sometimes it can like rip the skin and those incisions don't heal as well mm-hmm. whenever you're not chemotherapy. So you really want to have somebody who is a very knowledgeable about these sorts of things. And then B, want to always stay on board with your oncologist and making sure that they're okay with this because of let's say if you have a type of cancer that may not be indicated for myofascial release, or mm. you may be going through a more intense chemotherapy or radiation treatment that the oncologist would know better to do. When do women usually find you, Christy? Like where, where are they in their journey when they typically come to you? Are they already having you know, problems? We're, very, we're a very reactive society. So that's it's usually why I, when they can't I was just gonna say in their cabinets. I would imagine <laughs> that it would be a lot of reaction versus pro, proactive. Yeah. But I think that's part of the reason that's we do exactly right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of the reason that we do this podcast, though, is mm-hmm. because you don't know what you don't know. And I yeah. had not even heard of myofascial release until after I was in survivorship. Yep. So is that yeah. is that what you're seeing is you're you're kind of trying to address longstanding problems on the back end? Definitely. Un- unfortunately, that is the truth. Um, and they say that it is better to be proactive with it. Not that we're like curing cancer or anything like that, but we are <laughs> helping keep those muscles. Like if, if cancer does hit those muscles and that fascia will be nice and pliable. But unfortunately, I'm seeing it like sometimes years Mm-hmm. Mo- mostly years after the process. Well, what what about frequency? Does that depend too? Like, are you going weekly? Do you t- do they go monthly? Like, what? Because I feel like this sounds like something where if you're not constantly working on it, it could easily revert back. Is that fair or not? That's exactly right. So they recommend, especially if you've had if you're highly impacted, to go twice a week for an hour each time. There's actually a facility in Arizona and there's a facility in Pennsylvania that people go to for months at a time and they're able they're able to go like every single day. Wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Okay, so here's the big question that everybody's going to be asking. I'm assuming insurance doesn't cover this. Unfortunately, does well that depends on what state you're going through what insurance company you go through because sometimes if it's through physical therapy it will cover it so does that mean your physical therapist has to recommend that you need it yes okay i would bet the bigger challenge is going to find be finding a physical therapist that does it because mm. i don't think like it's a discipline that a lot like for example the hospitals are not investing in myofascial release mm-hmm. therapy you know like training yeah. for their therapists i gear I, I mean i would be shocked yeah, I've never heard of that. Have you, Christy? There's actually a website that you can go to. It's www.myofascialrelease.com. And you can go up to their little search bar and it says find a therapist. Hmm. And then it'll you click on it and then you click on your state, 
well, first you can click on your country and then you click on your state. That's the hard part is because if they just list all of the experts. So those are the people that have taken like all of the courses and they are the mm-hmm. complete experts, but there's only like two or three here in Missouri. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's what I was going to say is that when we were researching this, we were fortunate to know you personally, but there aren't a lot of practitioners. So there's not. Okay. So that brings up an important point. I want people to know who you are, where they can find you and how they can reach out to you. But before we do that, you want to do our second sponsor? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit innsbruck-resort.com. And we are back. We want to close out with Christy today. And thank you so much for joining us and giving us all of your knowledge. You are an excellent resource for anybody who has questions about this. But how can people contact you and get a hold of you? Yes, I am with Christy with Christy Blaze Massage Therapy. So you can go online and Google me. But my phone number is 636-219-7930. And that would be the best way to contact me. Unfortunately, I'm terrible with email. <laughs> so it's better to text me or call me. We love the honesty. It's yeah, awesome. right, right. <laughs> You're actually not the first person that's told us that. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like people who don't like email, they tell everybody like, I'm not, I don't like email. So yeah. just, <laughs> just pick up the phone. Yeah. You're old school. I will never answer you. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you're, you're old school. You want to have an actual conversation with a real person. For sure. We love that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. One more time. What was your phone number, Christy? 636-219-7930. All right. And that's Christy Blaze, B-L-A-I-S-E, Massage Therapy. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank we you. loved having you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good day, Christy. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmes. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. Oh,